Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and I am thrilled to be joined by Ashlyn Sullivan, our Flyers pre- and post-game live host. We are at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia, and Ashlyn, the Flyers are on their longest break of the season. Eight days between games. They don't play again until Monday against the Islanders at home. The All-Star festivities are this weekend, and... Ashlyn, between breaks, the holiday break to this current break, the Flyers made some progress. They went 10-4-2. They're 21-21-9 on the season. A lot better than where they were last year at this point. So we figured we'd have some fun. We'll do some Flyers picks and predictions, looking at what happened prior to this break and what is ahead. So I will quickly go through the topics that we're going to hit to tease them. We're going to pick who has shown out, who hasn't shown enough, best defender, team MVP, most likely to be moved at the trade deadline, and then a a candidate unlikely to be moved, but don't rule it out. So Ashton, we'll get right into it. Who has shown out in your mind? Oh, I got to think, especially coming off the game that we just witnessed before the All-Star break, it has to be Carter Hart. This is a guy that gives the Flyers at least a chance every single game that he is in. And coming off his first shutout of the season and I know it was so close against Anaheim, 38 seconds. So you could tell that the guys really wanted it for him. And just statistics aside, this is your best player on, on this team. And I think with Carter Hart right now, you you feel a sense of security when you know that he is in the net. And I think the Flyers need more of that. But I think no question, I mean, he has three games with 40 or more saves this season, and he's won all three of those. It's just when he's on, you can feel it. You know he's on. So I have to give it to Carter Hart. Yeah, going into the All-Star break on a shutout, I was watching post-game live, and you guys all laughed about facing more shots is, like, better for him. Yeah. Like, how astounding is it that he's better when he's facing 35, 36, 40 shots? It almost seems kind of like you get into a groove. And yeah. at that point, you just, you know, no matter what's thrown at him, he's going to stop it. And it is so true. It's like when he gets to, like, like, like 25 threshold, Al Scott and I are looking at each other like, that. Ah, he's fine. You know, throw 25 more at him, no problem. It's like he almost gets to that comfort zone where nothing can face him. Yeah. When you were coming here, Ashlyn, how much did you hear about Carter Hart and this guy's the future, 24 years old. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he could be here for a decade plus. Uh, how much did you hear about him before you arrived? A ton. He, yeah. he was the backbone. He was the first player that got brought up to me. He was the first guy that I spoke to in the locker room. And just, I was surprised just how down to earth he was because yeah. you do hear everything about him in this city is he is the future and he is the everything. And normally with other sports, when, when you give a guy all that juice, maybe they act a different way. And to him, I've been pleasantly surprised how normal and down to earth he is, even with all of that 
thrown at him. Yeah, I remember when we first met him at a development camp after he was drafted. He may have been 18, 19 years old. And that was something that caught our attention was just how innocent of a kid he was. Um, He had deleted some of his social media. It seemed like he was well beyond his years. And that told me, okay, in a pressure-filled city like this at the most important position that he would be okay in that facing pressure and overcoming it. He's gone through a lot the past two years, and he has certainly shown out this year. Uh, Ashlyn, for my pick, I'm actually going to go a little different. I'm going to go Scott Lawton, um, a guy that I think has truly blossomed into an all-situation player. Uh, he has always killed penalties in his career, but he's doing it at a really high clip. He leads the NHL in shorthanded points. And prior to this year, he had never scored a power play goal in his NHL career. He has five. Um, He's truly doing it all for the Flyers. And he's going to set career highs in just about everything. Mm -hmm. And and he's doing it as the only player to wear a letter on his jersey right now. So I just think Scott Lawton's taken serious strides with a lot of pressure on his shoulders. A guy that John Tortorella pretty much deemed his leader, his captain almost. And and just to me, he's taken serious, real big steps. at an important part of his career, 28, 29 years old. And um, sometimes guys either plateau and dip or they show they have another level. I feel like he's shown he's had another level. I love that. That is a good pick. And you don't think a ton about his age, but on a relatively young team for John Tortorella to look at him and say, you're the guy, you know, this is the veteran presence that we need. You're so right. Some guys crack under that pressure and some guys rise to the occasion. It seems like Scott Lawton has completely taken that and ran with it. Yeah, and it seems like every time you're watching now, like it was when he was younger, you would only see him getting third or fourth line minutes, and you would only see him occasionally killing a penalty. Now he's on the ice all the time. Yeah, you're going to see him a ton, and uh, and it's it's been cool to watch him too grow up. You know, a lot of you know growing up, you saw him look up to Sean Couturier and Claude Giroux and uh, Jacob Voracek, and now he's kind of the guy. And I think you're seeing some of the leadership that he grew up watching kind of rub up rub off on uh, Scott Lawton. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Scott and Al always call him Mr. Reliable. That's their nickname for him because, my gosh, he is. He's a guy you can always look at and know if you can count on on this team. Yeah, and I think John Torrell absolutely feels the same way. Mm -hmm. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. All right, our very next topic. Ashlyn, who hasn't shown enough in your eyes? I almost feel bad saying this, so I'm going to get through it without my emotion showing. <laughs> to me, since I've gotten here, everyone has asked the question, what is going on with Joel Farabee? True. And I just think when I read about what he went through and, and the surgery and all the, the rehab he had to go through, I was like, well, yeah, of course he's not where he's supposed to be at this point. Look what he just had to go through. But I get the criticism of fans are like, well, we want to see what we thought we were going to get from him right now. And that's why I'm so curious for Joel Farabee the second half of the season. Can he get to that point? Because now he's farther and farther away from that next surgery. And you hope by the end of the season, you say, okay, you know, he's past that and and look at the progression. But I understand the criticism right now of the up and downs. And at this point, I think it was the last game he got the second to least ice time besides behind Justin Braun. So yeah, you got to question and wonder what's going on here. But I always have to go back to, okay, of course, he's rehabbing and it's from this next surgery. But I think we all could agree we haven't seen enough from him at this point of the season. No, absolutely. I think that's 100% fair. And it's it's funny, when you have early success, it almost sets like an unfair expectation mm-hmm. later in your career. He, Farabee didn't develop slowly. He In his second NHL season, he was the team's leading goal scorer in that shortened year. And he got that big deal later on. And 
you know, everyone expects more. And I think he realizes that too. And I, I do feel for him a little bit, just given what he went through in the off season. I mean, he's lifting weights and suddenly he feels a pinch in his neck and he suddenly has to get neck surgery and his whole summer is thrown off. And then he's, he recovers and he's ready to go from opening night. And he probably still has the same expectations in his head, but maybe they are a little unfair given what he went through in the summer. Um, I would think he's still going to be okay. Ashlyn, uh, I have a film. We'll see more production from him. And I still think there's still very high hopes for this kid. Oh yeah. You have to, I mean, his, his potential is so high, right. And his ceiling is so high. And I think if he's at this point next year, all right, then the questions and the concerns I think are legitimate because then you are, you're past the surgery, but you think about it. It's only been a couple of months and it's crazy that this guy can now go out on the ice and contribute with having to go through that. So yeah, I, I, I just wonder what the second half of the season will look like with him. And we chatted with him in New Jersey. Um, I think it was December, about mid-December up in Newark. And he was so mature about uh, the skid he was facing mm-hmm. points-wise. I know you've chatted with him, too. It, is maturity something that stands out in, in your eyes with him? Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. And I, I was reading you know, how young he is. Yeah. And truthfully, I didn't know how young he was after talking to him. I, I figured he was in the mix, and then I, I, I read how young he was. I was like, whoa. I was like <laughs> taken aback by it. I didn't yeah. realize that. Um, so yeah, I think to go through these situations and to not be too hard on yourself and know it's going to come does, is definitely a sense of maturity. Absolutely. And yeah, I'll go someone different. Uh, Farabee's a good one. It came right to mind for me too, Ashlyn, but I, I, I honestly had someone else other than Farabee. I had Travis Sandheim. Um, I just think with the new deal and what he did last year, uh, team's most improved player, best defenseman. I really figured he would have more offensive production. I thought the Flyers wanted him to push the envelope a little bit more, move the puck with his legs, and put up more points. And he went through a stretch from November into early December where he was really good. And I thought, here come, here come the points. Here comes the offense. Uh, and then he tapered off again, and he has just four points in his last 25 games. I do think part of it's opportunity. He's not seeing much power play time. He's playing fewer, fewer minutes per game than he was last year. And he's playing with Tony D'Angelo right now, who's also an offensive-minded guy. So I think it does force Sanheim to play more defense and focus more on that side of the game. And I think he's been fine defensively. I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's been bad. But I think part of his game is offense, and I think he needs to show more offense. I I certainly think the Flyers want to see more than four points in a 25-game stretch here. Um, So I think that's a guy that has another level and certainly can play play better, um, produce more, and kind of stand out more. Like, take that puck from one end to the other end, uh, do that more often. I think that's there. Uh, I feel like he can do that more. For sure. And I always go back to production side of, of is he in the rundown? Are we talking about it? Yeah. Truthfully, for Travis Sanheim, very rarely are we mentioning him in pre and post game. And that's never a good sign. Whereas we can't get away from mentioning Travis Konechny lately or Carter Hart. So yeah, for Travis Sanheim, I think standing out is a great way to phrase that because there are a lot of shows where we'll go weeks without mentioning this guy. No, that's so like that's what dawned on me to when I was doing some research before the show that we have right here. I was thinking, wow, like I don't even think I've looked up Travis Sandheim's numbers. I don't think I've heard Ashlyn and the guys talk about him on pre and post game, mm-hmm. and that's just that's not common. Like it feels like when Sandheim's really buzzing and he's doing the things that stand out, like you can't talk enough about him. Mm-hmm. This big guy that can skate and, and do a lot of big things. I, I do think playing behind Cam York and Tony D'Angelo on the power play isn't helping. Yeah. And they seem to be allocating minutes a little bit more balanced this year with Provorov and D'Angelo. And then, of course, York in the mix. He's playing close to 20 minutes. 
So I think his minutes are down a little bit, and he's being forced to kind of show it in, in smaller chunks. I think that'll be his challenge here. I, again, a, a player I think still growing and still developing. Uh, sometimes we do forget about these guys' ages. Uh, I think I believe he's 26, so I still think there's more there, another level for sure he can get to. For sure. Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. Download the new Season 3 of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. So our next topic, Ashlyn, kind of staying on the theme of defense, best defender in your mind so far. So I changed this a little bit. I changed this to lately because this has been a huge talking point the past couple of shows is that we can't talk enough about the backhand assassin, Risto. <laughs> Risto. That's what Scott calls him, and I love it. I heard it the other day on Post Game Live, and I started laughing. <laughs> Scott, like, jumps up in his chair, like, backhand assassin, when he scores. So it's I think lot. he's done it twice, right? Yeah, and he does it, like, 47 times in the office, so it's a lot. Um, I just, I've been impressed with just the turnaround, just, yeah. like, the snap of a finger's turnaround. No points in his first 27 games. Now he has seven points in seven games, and all of a sudden, this offensive production, and when I first got here, I heard all about this huge deal and how he wasn't living up to the money. Was he going to get traded? Oh, my gosh, the Flyers wasted this on him. And I've just been so impressed that, one, he's admitted the poor start he had in the locker room and said, I'm, I'm not doing enough. But it's put his money where his mouth is. And now these past two weeks has been so improved. And, I mean, we're talking about him all the time. And this is a guy that's contributing on defense and offense. And if he continues this progression, man, the storyline has totally flipped in half a season. He is absolutely the whipping boy in Flyers fans uh, land. Like it's just on social media. I mean, the guy can't, does can't like, he gets break. can't yeah. get your break, <laughs> and it's it is funny because like, when he's doing what he's doing now, it suddenly gets a little quieter on social media. Uh, but I felt like the Flyers really believed with Brad Shaw, the assistant coach, and with John Tortorello that they were eager to see what a player like Rasmus Ristolainen could do with that type of coaching and uh. Yeah, it certainly has come a real long way since mid-December. Oh my gosh, yeah. Not just being like that physical presence, but he's uh, he's defending and he's putting up points too. I don't know if we've seen him put up this type of offense yet uh, in his uh, two, you know, his one plus year, two years now. This is his second season in Philadelphia. I don't think we've seen this type of offense. No, it doesn't seem like it. And I think it all starts going back a couple of weeks when he had that game with the block shots, where he was truly just diving in front of pucks and someone who <laughs> hasn't covered hockey f for more than this season. I was like, what is going on? Like, oh my gosh. And Scott and I were like, no, like, it's okay. Like this is okay. I'm like, this, this seems too much. So I think to me, that's when it's really started to notice this guy in his presence was the block shots were insane. Like something I've never seen before. I guess you quickly learned that John Tortorella, one of his favorite things is blocking oh shots. My gosh, that one game. I was like, what is happening? This yeah. poor man's taking him off the head. Like this, this ain't right. No, sometimes you'll like look at the stat sheet and you're like, they block the team blocked 30 plus shots. Like, <laughs> like guys literally laying in front of the puck. Um, and Rissa is one of the guys that have <laughs> has truly done it. Yeah. And it's probably a perfect segue to the guy I picked, Ivan Provorov. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's been perfect this season. I think he's had lapses, but he's among the league leaders in block shots. He's consistently doing that. And I do feel like he very often makes subtle little defensive plays that you don't always highlight. Um, you don't always write about it. And it really doesn't go to a certain stat, but he's very sound in the defensive zone. I think he deserves credit, and he's still leading the team in minutes. Um, 
I, I also wanted to mention Ristolainen because I thought he could be up there given how well he's played since mid-December. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to mention Cam York. I think he's been excellent defensively since he's been called up. I don't believe the offense has been there for him. I'd like to see him probably produce more. He's a guy I actually thought about for hasn't shown enough just because I want to see him do more offensively given the opportunities he's getting, but he's been very good defensively. But I had to pick Provrov just given how much he does, how much he's relied upon. Um, and, you know, he's coming off two years where he faced a lot of criticism, and I feel like he's answered the bell to to a certain extent. Um, a guy that I think you can rely upon, Ashlyn. Absolutely. He is later on when we're talking about the trade deadline. I think that's a little interesting, so I'm going to save my thoughts. Yes, no, perfectly, perfectly uh, said. And, well, I know <laughs> we're going to touch on him coming up. Uh, but first, catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So team MVP, Ashlyn, it feels like we could go a couple different directions here. Who are you picking? I have to think, especially the time that I came in, the start of December, Travis Konechny has been just absolutely lights out. I just, I love his energy. I love the passion he brings. I love that he is truly a guy, I think, of taking no nights off. I mean, this guy brings intensity like I've never seen before. And I know John Tortorella says I don't want to take that away from him. Granted, the past 10 games haven't been outstanding, but we always talked about on pre and post game, there was no way he was going to be able to keep up what he was doing. And if so, that would have been all-star worthy times 10. So we knew at some point it would sputter a little bit, right? His statistics and, and the amount of emphasis he put on the game. But still, just when you look at his numbers since the start of December, it's been electric. And I think he is by far the MVP of this team right now. Yeah, his numbers were astounding from December 1st, I think through like early January. He was among the top goal scorers with Tage Thompson, David Pasternak, Alex Ovechkin. He like he was up there right in among like the top four or five, Connor McDavid. Uh, and he's always getting in the thick of things every single night. And that's one thing I can say to like Travis Konechny. He faces so much criticism for his production, mm-hmm. especially coming off of the year he had last year where he didn't score the goals that everyone thought he would. This year he's scoring the goals, but if he's not, he's also right in the thick of things, stirring the pot. That's what the Flyers, I think, feed off of. Yeah. Are you surprised, Ashton, with how small of a guy he is, but he's probably one of the top players that's going to get in other people's faces and try to draw penalties? I think that's just his energy, right? Yeah. That I mean, stirring the pot is, is, is the perfect analogy for him because if someone's chirping, if someone's making noise, it always is him, and I love that about him. And I love how John Tortorella admits repeatedly, like, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to take that away from him because that would totally change – who he is as a player. You can't tell him to slow down. You can't tell him to be quiet. You can't tell him to stay in his lane. That's just very clear. That's not the player he's meant to be. Yeah. I think a player should wear this with pride, but when you're a player that almost every single team and their fan base says, I hate that guy, but I would love him on our team. (laughs) I think that's something commendable as Travis Konechny. Like he really is. I think there's other guys out there like Brad Marchand, Mm -hmm. Tom Wilson, like guys that every fan base absolutely can't stand. But if they were on their team, they would love them. And I think players, too. Travis Konechny, just given how much he's, like, jawing at people. No, I'd hate him, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> like too. He's like a pest. He's like a smaller guy that just doesn't shut up at times. I think Kevin Hayes once said that he had other people tell him, like, yo, this guy doesn't shut up. Yes. But uh, that's what you want on your team. It's, it certainly seems like he's always in it. 
And I think he's going to set career highs too, Ashton, in, in many categories. Yeah, we did. I remember we did a Christmas piece and it was like, who who would you least want to spend Christmas break with? And I think Travis Kanachny got five votes <laughs> of how they wouldn't want to spend five days with him. Five of like six or seven guys, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, is tr- that is awesome. Well, I'm glad. I'm going actually a different angle. I'm going Carter Hart, uh, a guy that you picked has shown out and absolutely so. I just wonder where the team would be if they didn't have Carter Hart. Uh, a guy that has faced a ton of shots and on a team that's been up and down, went through a 10-game losing streak, his numbers are really, really good. And I really think Carter Hart, if he was on a team like the Jets, who are known for defending, or one of the top teams in the league, like the Bruins, or name any of those top teams in the top five or six of the league, like his numbers would be Vesna worthy. I really do believe that. I think he's been there pretty much every single night, aside from when he briefly got hurt and had to miss about three or four games. Uh, I think he's been the backbone of the team, as you mentioned. Uh, and I th- really think he's benefited from a coach like John Tortorella, who's known to make life easier on the goalie, allow his goalie to see the shot, stop the shot. Uh, I just think he's been the team MVP. I just think he's been very, very important. And he has really answered a lot of questions, that, similar to uh, some other players the team hasn't been very good the past two years, especially last year. They were awful. And a lot of people wanted to see what Carter Hart would be with John Tortorella, John Tortorella. And could he take steps? I feel like he's taken big steps and he's really proven that he's the goalie of the future. So for me, Carter Hart, team MVP. And I'm Ashlyn, I'm eager to see where he finishes up this year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it's so when you think about a team like this without Carter Hart, I, I cringe. I'm like, I, I can't think of about a team like without Carter Hart right now. So that's a great sign for him of why he's MVP, because if it wasn't him, you know, every other night, I think this, the storyline of the season would be very different. Yeah. And I think Travis Konecki is very worthy. Um, I think he's a guy that probably will get the Bobby Clark trophy at the end of the year for team MVP. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling he will, if he, especially if he finishes with 40 something goals and finishes strong. Uh, but I think Carter Hart will seriously be in consideration if he plays well the rest of the way. And I'm eager to see where he finishes up. Can he finish with maybe a career high in save percentage or wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had some good years early in his career, so it won't be easy. Uh, but he could certainly be an impactful guy the rest of the way. So, Ashlyn, I think everyone just loves to talk about trades. We're getting oh, close yeah. to that March trade deadline. It's in early March. And the Flyers, of course, will be a team that everyone's going to be keeping eyes on because they likely will be in somewhat sell mode. Uh, they're certainly not going to buy. They probably will be selling off some pieces. And uh, I think a lot of teams will be reaching out to the Flyers to see what Chuck Fletcher is willing to give up. Uh, who is he looking to move? There are some clear-cut candidates and maybe some ones that aren't clear-cut, but most likely to be moved at that deadline. Who is it in your mind? I think it has to be JVR. I mean, yeah. I've, I've been told about that since the day I got here. <laughs> it's this trade deadline one is going to be active for the Flyers. They're up against the cap, and, and they're in a position to sell some of their older pieces. And I think when you look at JVR and his contract situation, he's on the final year of a five-year deal. He's 33 years old. I I hesitate because I think it'd be somewhat tough to see him go because if you hear about this veteran leadership all the time in the locker room, especially with the line he's playing on, and you hear those two guys always talk about what an impact it is having him with them. So would it stink to see him go? Yes. But when you just look at numbers and age, that to me makes the most sense. Yep, that was my pick too. I I think it's the most obvious candidate given he's on an expiring contract. Uh, it's nothing against James Van Reems. Like, it's just he's on an expiring contract. He makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And the Flyers are up against the cap, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think the perfect way to supplement the summer and clear cap and gain space is move some bigger contracts and 
James Van Riemsdyk makes sense, especially given the expiring deal. And I think he's played really well. I really do. I think after he missed that chunk of time because of the broken finger, he's been one of the team's better forwards. He's consistently there, and he's helped two important young players in Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett. So I think the Flyers will have teams very interested in him. They might have to eat some of his salary. You know, who knows how much, but they'll definitely gain some cap space, and they could probably get a nice draft pick. Um, James Van Reems, like, makes sense to me. And Ashton, I think it shouldn't be overlooked how much the Flyers will hurt in the sense that two young players, I think, really benefited playing with that guy. They're not going to have him the rest of the way after that. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how Frost and Tippett do with a different linemate. Yeah, and I think especially with Owen Tippett, it just seems like there's so much emphasis on his progression and, and the future of Owen Tippett. And you have to ask yourself, well, if him not being on the line with JBR hurts Owen Tippett, is is it worth it then? Yeah. Or is it worth eating that cap space? It doesn't seem like that's even a possibility. It seems like they have to get rid of, of a contract at the least, at least one, to get some cap space. But but yeah, you wonder if it negatively impacts Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett, is it worth it? Yeah. No, I think the Flyers will honestly think about that. And these are young players playing their first full season in the NHL, and the Flyers want to get the best read on these guys. So you, you also think about who they're playing with and why they've succeeded and why they've grown. They, uh, two young players have taken very good strides, I would say, since the holiday break. And a lot of that is because of a veteran like James Van Reems. Like, so perhaps the Flyers shuffle things around if JVR is moved and they try to find another veteran player perhaps to play with those two and, mm-hmm. and help them finish off the year strong going into the offseason well. Uh, but something I think they'll think about. Well, that leads us into our final one. A candidate unlikely to be moved, but I, but you wouldn't rule it out, Ashlyn. Someone that you could, you know, maybe we're not thinking about it as a trade candidate, but uh, it could happen. I think Ivan Provorov is incredibly attractive to other teams at yep. this point because you look at his contract situation and it isn't that much where a team could come and eat this contract and be fine salary cap wise reliable six seasons under his belt he has eight block shots it puts him on the line at all times and I just think when you talk about him leading ice time as well to a, to a team that is really in it right now and competing for the playoffs and possibly the Stanley Cup I think a player like Ivan Provorov who isn't a ton of money is very attractive at this point. Yeah, and I believe he has two more years of team control, which mm-hmm. a lot of teams could like. And I think there's a lot of teams out there that like him. Uh, he was my pick as well, Ashlyn Ivan Provorov. Um, I don't know if the Flyers are looking to move him or if they will at the deadline. I don't think you see as many hockey trades at the deadline. I think this would be a louder trade that may come if it did eventually happen in the summer. Because mm-hmm. you're wondering, c- contending teams, they would have to give up a good bit for Provorov. I don't think the for Flyers sure. are going to sell him short. And uh, contending teams always don't want to, they don't always want to shake things up too loudly. Like they probably like their team, but they want to help it. Just and more piece, right? yeah, you would have to subtract a lot, I think, to get an Ivan Provorov. But I think the Flyers are going to look around and I think certainly listen on him, uh, given what he can do. But they might wonder, does he fit over the next couple of years? Uh, he's certainly been a polarizing figure, I think, at times with this team. Some people wonder if he's, if he's a, top pair defenseman like is he a 1a a 1b does he need a a guy next to him to really thrive or can he be the guy that kind of carries his partner so I think he's certainly a polarizing figure maybe within uh hockey circles uh so it'll be interesting to see you know will the Flyers get a lot of callers how willing will they be to listen mm-hmm. um and what could they get for him that was my pick as well uh but Ashlyn I don't think the Flyers would have a major problem if this guy stays here no. going into the summer no, and especially it's not like you have to 
send him off because of the contract situation. You know, JVR, you make the argument, gosh, I don't know if we can eat that money. Whereas Provorov, he's in a, a friendly cap situation where, yeah, you'd have to get a lot to make it make sense for the Flyers. Exactly. And like, you don't want to lose James Aaron like for nothing. And that's yeah. the real reality of him going into the all season on an expiring deal. He would likely sign elsewhere mm-hmm. and you would get nothing for him. Provorov still has some team control. Don't have to move him. You know, you don't want to make a rash decision on a guy that's, you know, still in his mid twenties and does as much as he does. So I think the Flyers are going to balance. Like, is this guy a cornerstone or could he help us free up some cap and get something really big in return? Mm -hmm. And we can make do with some of the, maybe young D that they have coming up. Uh, Not a decision I'd be uh, envious of (laughs) with Chuck Fletcher. That's a tough one. Uh, But one to certainly, I think a name to certainly keep an eye on as March gets closer. And we'll have plenty to keep an eye on. We'll have some more coverage over the All-Star break. Ashlyn, hope you enjoy a little bit of time away. I'm sure you'll be keeping an eye on Kevin Hayes at the All-Star game. Uh, Should be very fun for him and his family. And we'll have plenty more to talk about. Before the Flyers don't play another game in eight weeks. No. Uh, (laughs) Monday, they are back home at the Wells Fargo Center. They'll start start a homestand. So, I, you know, I think we'll, uh, before you know it, they'll be back in action. And we'll be watching you on pre and post game live. Ashlyn, thank you so much as always for joining us. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru, Tom Finer, our video producer and guru. Thank you so much. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers talk podcast presented by great railing from rivers casino, wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time. (laughs) 